Father God, we tell you today that you are all that we need. And because of that, God, it is well within our soul, within our hearts, because Christ Jesus is enough. And Lord Jesus, I pray today as we hear your word, God, that we do not look to ourselves, but God, that we are looking towards Christ and we make much of you and less of us. God, thank you so much for this wonderful promise because of what Christ did on the cross, Lord, that not just one of our sins or several of them, but all of them were nailed to that cross, Lord. And thank God we don't have to endure that wrath because Jesus took that for us. So God, help us to remain grateful in that. Help us to always be thankful for what you've done. Lord Jesus, you are a kind, compassionate, and merciful God. We thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We praise in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the next verses in Romans chapter 8. So each of us are encouraged to read the uh, chapter, Romans chapter 8, every single day in the month of January and get off to a good start here in 2021. Good spiritual start. We've, we're focusing on what we know for sure and the things that are not clearly explained or perhaps are unanswerable, just lay to the side for a time and just focus on what we know for sure. We read this scripture for what it actually says. When we come to those scriptures, those verses, that it may be difficult to understand and maybe it's not clear in, in what our interpretation should be, we always look and see what Jesus had to say about it and we interpret those hard verses through what Jesus had to say. We pray for the Spirit's guidance. We ask the Lord to teach us and guide us through His Spirit. And then certainly we are connected with other believers. And we are open to the understanding and the awareness of other uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now last week we finished with a pretty strong verse in verse 8 that says that though that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And, and that's a really important thing for us to understand. We cannot, we cannot package what the gospel is and make it in a context where people are more likely to embrace it. We must say what it says. We must reveal what it says. We must preach what it says. We must teach what it says. And, 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 and just trust in the Holy Spirit to bring about the understanding, the faith, the awareness that someone needs to have. But we cannot talk someone into it. We cannot reason someone into it. And we cannot lower what we understand to be the standards of what pleases God. And clearly, being born again, being regenerated, placing our faith and trust in Christ is the only thing that will give us the opportunity to please God. It's the only thing that pleases God is faith and faith in Jesus, that Jesus died and Jesus rode again. We make that confession. We believe with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind that Jesus is the Lord of all. And now we begin to see the work of the Holy Spirit in verses 9, 10, and 11. And there's really two things here that are really important. Verse 9 uh, shares with us the importance of, of knowledge about the Holy Spirit's work. Uh, verse 9 tells us the awareness that we need to have about the Holy Spirit's work. 
Paul says to the Romans there in verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. So if they were wondering, if they're reading through this letter, and they're wondering, which I would wonder, I would want to know Paul's mindset here, am I pleasing God? I just got through reading verse 8, the phrase that says that no one pleases God apart from faith, that our sinful nature never, ever, ever pleases God. And so I want to know, am I pleasing to God? Am I controlled by my sinful nature? And Paul explains that. He's speaking to the believers in Rome, and he wants them to understand, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Why are they not controlled? Because they have believed God, and God has counted it to them as being righteous. He has marked them right with Him. So... You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. So if you ever wonder, or you have a friend that wonders about their salvation, and, and they're questioning their salvation, they need assurance of their salvation. Here's the ultimate question. Do they have the Holy Spirit in them? If they have the Holy Spirit in them, then they are assured of their salvation. If they do not have the Holy Spirit, then of course, then they do not have the assurance of their salvation. He says, you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So, he says to them that you, you should have the knowledge you should have the awareness, you should have the understanding that because of your faith, you have the Spirit of God living in you. How do you know if you have the Spirit of God living in you? Well, it's, it's, it's really pretty easy to, to go through that uh, questioning, to go through that process, to put yourself in a position where you can discover that the Holy Spirit lives in you. First of all, from God's perspective towards us, it's not... A, uh, it's not a trick. It's not a search. It's not like trying to find buried treasure. God has not made this point, this principle, hard for us to understand. It's not for a select few to understand whether or not the Holy Spirit is living in them. God has made it very, very easy for us to know if the Holy Spirit is living in us. And it is God's desire that if indeed the Holy Spirit is living in us, we have placed our faith and trust in Him. He wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is in us. So it's not a treasure hunt that we're on. It's not we have a map and we have all these uh, riddles in that map or all these... Uh, uh, things that we've got to go through to follow the X on the map and X marks a spot. And if we answer this riddle right, this riddle right, then we're going to answer these hard to answer questions. And then we can discover whether or not the Holy Spirit lives in us. In Romans chapter 3, God says, no one seeks after God. God says, no one understands God. No one has a heart for God. On our own, in our flesh, by our flesh, there is no spiritual awareness. There is no spiritual thoughts. There are no spiritual cravings. There's, an, there's not an appetite for the things of God. So, if you have spiritual thoughts, 
if you have spiritual cravings, if you have a spiritual appetite, if, if you're driving down the highway and spiritual understandings flood through you, if, if when you open the Word, when you read His Word, if, if there becomes awarenesses of the truth that come from the Word, if, if there are convictions... If, if there are moments of sorrow because of decisions you've made apart from God, if, if, if there, there are awarenesses that, that you have a, a heart to know more about God, to understand, to know, to embrace Him and experience Him, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Because without the Holy Spirit living in us, we don't have those kinds of spiritual cravings. Now, if the only alternative would be where we have spiritual thoughts are bringing us to salvation, and then, of course, that is the Holy Spirit working in us to get us to embrace Christ. We embrace Christ, we believe in Him, we accept Him, we trust Him, and, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. Now, there's a lot of people that have the Holy Spirit in them that don't realize it. It is a wonderful thing to sit down with someone and explain to them that their spiritual thoughts, their spiritual cravings is evidence of the Holy Spirit living in them. Really? You mean the Holy Spirit's in me? Do you believe in Christ? Yes. And, and I, I, I've been want, I love God. I want to love God. I want to know God. I want to be God's servant. I want to be God's worshiper. I, I want other people to know that I love God. There is absolutely no way anyone ever has those kind of thoughts, desires, cravings without the Holy Spirit living in them. And so the very first thing here is uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says that God wants us to be aware that the Holy Spirit lives in us. So it's knowledge, and, and I like the word awareness for that knowledge. I understand awareness a little more because the knowledge that Jesus is the Lord takes us a long way further down the road than just having factual information about God. When we have factual information about God, it does something in us. Because you can't believe that God is God and stay where you are. You can't believe that God is the creator of this planet and stay where you are. I mean, you just don't do that. You just don't have factual information. I believe that Abraham Lincoln was the president during the Civil War. I believe that. Really hasn't changed my life any, right? I just believe it. It's part of history. No question. If someone comes to me and says, Lee, uh, Abraham Lincoln was not the president of the United States. I know he was the president of the United States. I've seen that gigantic statue in Washington, D.C. He really They wouldn't have done that statue unless he'd been the president. Now the, all the history book says was he was the president. But it just leads me in that understanding. It just leads me in that one step that I believe. I have facts. I understand. I've accepted the facts that Abraham Lincoln is was the president of the United States. My belief that God is God, that Jesus Christ is His Son, that Jesus came in the world to pay the price of our sins, it takes me beyond that knowledge. I mean, you can't stay where you are if you believe in God. You just can't. He's God. And if you believe He's God, then certainly you want to please Him. Certainly you want to live for Him. He does something inside. Because you, it, it is ridiculous to stay where you are and if God is God, right? 
Why wouldn't you embrace that power? Why wouldn't you want to know more about him? So verse 9 says, awareness, knowledge, awareness, that, that understanding that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so if you don't know whether or not the Holy Spirit lives in you, go through that process and, and, and uh, give yourself a chance to evaluate spiritual hunger. Is there some? Spiritual appetite, spiritual craving. If there is, the Holy Spirit is living in you and you desire to honor Christ. Verse 10. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Because you have been made right with God. So, an experience that leads to an awareness, an understanding an experience that leads to living out that the Holy Spirit just is beyond the body. Experience beyond the body. The body is dead, but the Holy Spirit gives life because you have been made right with God. So the deposit of the Holy Spirit in us, us being sealed by the Holy Spirit, the body is dead, there is this Holy Spirit in us that is providing more and more and more experience that goes on inside of us. And it describes or defines this experience that's beyond the body, beyond the natural, beyond the superficial. It's beyond our world. It's beyond what we can comprehend. And it says in verse 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now, let that soak in for just a moment. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Wow. That's a powerful presence that's in us our hope should be expanding our love should be deepening our faith should be creating mountains to move our faith should be changing our world if almighty God lives in us by his Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, we are never the same. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We grow beyond the body. The body wears out. The body decays. But the Spirit just grows and grows and grows. That's because the power that raised Jesus from the dead cannot be contained. And so from our walking around thoughts, my way of thinking about this is we have an experience in us that we get carried away with. We get carried away with it. If the Holy Spirit is in us, rose Jesus from the grave, man, our life is exciting. It's energetic. 
It's rewarding. It's powerful. It's an experience beyond ourselves. It's more than we can contain. Might be a breakdown there, huh? Remember last week we said that we grow in letting the Holy Spirit work in us. And if, if, if the Holy Spirit is not big and powerful and mighty and overwhelming in us, if we're not having the peace that does pass all understanding, then we are not letting the Holy Spirit rule. And, and for His reason alone, He doesn't force that on us. It's part of us loving Him. It's part of us honoring Him that we must surrender more and more to the work, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So those two things are at work in us who believe in Christ. Those two things at work in us who are not controlled any longer by our spiritual nature because our, I mean, our sinful nature because our sinful nature has been broken with the Spirit of the Lord with that salvation experience that we've had. We have a growing awareness and a growing experience in Christ by the Holy Spirit. I did a funeral yesterday in San Angelo, and, and it was a long lifetime friend that, that passed away. She had some heart problems, and she died from COVID. And, and years ago, before she had a heart surgery, she had called me and said, I don't want anybody else to do my funeral but you. Wherever I'm at, I said, well, Sue, you're going to die long before I do. You know, I always tell people that. And I said, you're, you know, there's no way I, I'm going to outlive you, but that's just what happened. And, and you know, it, it's just about probably 50 yards from where my dad's buried. You know, and I kind of got there early to go see my dad's grave and walked around and, you know, I knew that fella, I knew that lady, I knew that fella, I knew that lady, you know, just walking around through there. And, and man, I, I, I'm just kind of standing waiting for people to gather around the grave for the funeral to happen. And just an overwhelming awareness that this is not all there is. It was wonderful for me. I mean, it almost put me in a, a place of uh, being liberated beyond the ability to speak at a funeral. Because knowing they're grieving or not going to understand the level of joy I had at that moment. Some people say that's being baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I believe that experience can be equated to that liberating feeling, that emotion, that awareness of the Holy Spirit. And I, I just worshiped out there in that graveyard saying, I'm so grateful that this is not all there is. Now, I don't know if that old boy there is a believer. I never saw signs of it. I don't know about that guy. I don't know about her. I, I, I know about my dad. I know about some of these people that I walk by out here. And I know about my friend because when, we, when I was a kid, she and her mother was always trying to witness to us. They had a, a Baptist preacher come to our house to share Christ with us. And, and I didn't understand what was going on when I was eight years old. But, but later on, when I became a believer, I thought back to those days and I went, man, they, they were trying to share the gospel with my family. And I just rejoiced in all that the Lord's done and, and had a, a feeling of is euphoria word I don't know that's just what's what popped in my mind uh, of, of just celebration of, of joy that came from somewhere else 
And, and man, I, I just was so thankful for God and salvation. And, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad my friend knew the Lord and there's no question about her salvation. We celebrated around that, that, that grave yesterday. I mean, we shared stories about the childhood and, and I had lots of stories about how mean she was to me back in the days and all those things. And, and, and we was fun and we laughed and we celebrated, but because we believe Jesus died and rose from the grave and because Jesus died and rose from the grave, we have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that when I leave, things are going to be better for y'all because I'm sending the Comforter for you. And we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just not for the Pentecostals. The Holy Spirit is just not for the Charismatics. The Holy Spirit is just not for the real radical believers. The Holy Spirit is just not for people that, that have nothing else. The Holy Spirit is for each and every believer that's ever believed. And you ought to be having more and more and more than you've had by the Holy Spirit. Un answerable joy and love and peace and excitement about life and hope beyond hope nothing can get us down because of the presence of the power that rose Jesus from the grave is living in us the work of the Holy Spirit the Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So if you have been convicted of your sin, of the need to be right with God, that only comes by the Holy Spirit, and judgment to come, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit guides us into all truth. Both these scriptures come from John 16. Any understanding you have of truth, of the truth of Christ, if the only understanding is God loves me, this I know because the Bible tells me so. If John 3, 16 is the only real awareness you have of truth, that is by the Holy Spirit. None of us understand the depth of John 3, 16 without the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. And so there's not one piece of truth that we can have apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit regenerates us. That's a big theological word that means He does a change in us. He transforms us. We go from being a worm to a butterfly. We become a new creation in Christ. Our sin is forgiven. We are born again inside. New people, a new creation. The Spirit glorifies and testifies about Christ. The Holy Spirit is always elevating Jesus in us. This week, you've had that experience, whether you realize it or not. You got carried away with Jesus. You thought about Jesus. You thought about your forgiveness. You thought about your eternal home, I hope. And the Holy Spirit has been working with you. And every thought you have about Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not because you're smart. It's not because you reason well. It's not because you're religious-minded. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. None of us think about Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. And so if you have thought about Jesus this week, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit glorifies and testifies of Christ in us. The Spirit reveals Christ to us and in us. The Spirit leads us. 
The Spirit sanctifies us. As the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, we ought to be more right than we were. We ought to be growing in righteousness. We ought to be cleaned up. There ought to be less hate than there was. There ought to be less uh, gossip than there was. There ought to be less uh, poor thoughts than there was. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. He can clean us up. There's no one beyond cleaning. If the Holy Spirit rose Jesus from the dead, He can clean us. And that's what sanctified means. We are being cleaned from the inside. We're not being cleaned from the outside in. We're being cleaned from the inside out. That's a beautiful thing of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit empowers us, Romans 15, 19 says. It empowers us. Let it happen. Let it happen. Get out of the way. Yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit begins to build a new love that you've never experienced before, let it happen. When the Holy Spirit begins to put desires you to forgive and you hadn't been able to forgive in a, that, that situation or that person, get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit make it work in you. You'll be set free if you've been holding on to a grudge. The Spirit fills us. Ephesians 5.18 says that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit is we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's a, the only thing that's good to be controlled by is the Holy Spirit. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're going to find out here in a few weeks in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 7, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, teaches us to pray. So every time you bow your head and talk with the Lord, every single time, every day, hopefully, that you pray to the Lord, there is a two-way conversation going on with the Holy Spirit. You're thinking with your mind, thinking about to pray. And, and I promise you, if you'll yield and surrender and be submissive to the work of the Holy Spirit, and, and this is how I understand it to work, if you'll stay before the throne long enough, if you'll stay before the throne longer than your prayer list is, and you'll stay there, and you'll speak to Him, and you pray for Bill, you pray for Joe, you pray for Helen, you pray for this situation, you pray for this work, you pray for this, and if you'll stay before God long enough, you will begin to have thoughts and awarenesses that you didn't have on your list. And the Holy Spirit will begin to pray for you. He will begin to pray within you and take and elevate. If you really want to know what God wants for your life that hasn't been clearly spelled in Scripture, go and be alone with Almighty God and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you. It's not a treasure hunt. He wants you to know. He wants you to know. And the Holy Spirit teaches us what to pray about. The Spirit bears witness in us that we are children of God. That's Romans 8, 16. Had that experience yesterday. I've had that experience this morning. I got up out on the back porch early this morning about 5.30 and started reading the Word. And started thinking about this. And man, the Holy Spirit bore witness in my spirit that I really am a child of God. You know, that helped seeing people yesterday that I hadn't seen in years. And, and just the smile on their face when I'm introduced as Pastor Lee Brewer. 
You mean that little kid that caused that problem and that problem in the neighborhood and that deal, that kid? Work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Capital H, capital S. The Holy Ghost. Capital H, capital G. Big Ghost, Big Spirit. Communicates with our spirit. Little s. Little s. Little spirit. Man spirit. The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit that we are children of God. And so if you're sitting around at night and you're wondering about it and you're saying, am I a believer? Listen to the Holy Spirit. I cannot pronounce you right with God. Your family can't pronounce you right with God. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to pronounce you right with God. And if you'll listen, the Holy Spirit is not wanting you to go on a treasure quest. He's going to clearly reveal, yes, you are the children of God. You've been born again. You believe in Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Get on with it. Live it. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Dance in the Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. You're children of God. And then in Galatians chapter 5, which, which might be one of the best places to go to find out whether or not the Holy Spirit's at work in you, if you're growing in the Lord, and if you're where you need to be in heart and mind. It says in Galatians chapter 5, we'll begin in verse 16. So I say, let... That's that word let again. So I will say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Oh man, that's hope. You mean to tell me that I can live differently? Yep, by the Holy Spirit you can. But I don't know, you know, my life. Wait a minute. This Holy Spirit that changes you rose Christ from the dead. If He raised a dead man to life, there's nothing He can't do. Right? You're not beyond repair. You're not beyond sanctification. You're not beyond being who you believe in your heart you need to be. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Remember, the struggle begins. The sinful nature wants to do evil. My sinful nature wants to do evil, I'm telling you. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And so, if there is struggle, same conversation as last week. If there is struggle between pleasing God and pleasing your sinful nature, guess what? You're a child of God. Because if there's not struggle and you're just set on doing evil, you're not a child of God. And you need to be born again. Only by the Holy Spirit do you want to do what the Spirit wants. Okay? And so you can rejoice that. You can build your life on that you are God's child. And it says, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. You got some good desires. You got some desires of more hope, more love. You got some desires of grace. You want to have that grace, feel that grace, experience that grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. You just want to have that freedom of knowing that all is well between you and the Lord. When we sang that hymn this morning, you said, oh, I wish all was well in my soul. Well, you understand the Holy Spirit wants all to be well in your soul. 
And there's a conflict, there's a battle between the work of the spirit and the work of the sinful nature. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. If there's a constant fight in you, rejoice, celebrate that. Man, I've lost ground this week. I haven't, but man, there's still the battle. That's proof of the Holy Spirit in you. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. You're set free. Now, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So if you're wondering whether or not that you are controlled by a sinful nature, this is what you think about. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery that is closely related to the, for drug use, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. So just look at your anger. Is there not a, if there's not a craving to live beyond your anger, to have that anger subdued, man, you just, if, if not, then you're just giving in to your sinful nature. It hadn't been broken yet by the Holy Spirit. Selfish, ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Man, I can't wait for the wild party. There's no restraint, right? There's no message, there's no voice, there's no power inside of you saying, maybe you ought not to go to that wild party. If there's wildness going on, maybe that's not the place for you. If you're okay with nothing good happens after midnight, probably... You're listening to the Holy Spirit and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have said before, that anyone living that sort of life, this is habitual now. This is there's only sinful nature cravings will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, that's pretty clear in it. If, if that's the only cravings we have is to please a sinful nature, not inherited the kingdom of God. But... This is what the Holy Spirit does in us. The Holy, Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So you consider the question, is the Holy Spirit in me? Am I, is, is the hold that the sinful nature has had on me, has it been broken? Well, do you feel? Are you experiencing? Is there a churning in you? Is there a warmness? Is there a motivation? Is, is there just something brewing deep inside of you to love? Man, I just want to love. I just want everyone to know that I love them. I love y'all. That's from the Holy Spirit. I really do love y'all. That's from the Holy Spirit. That's not from my sinful nature. My sinful nature says, I hate you. You're in the way. You betray me. You, you're not friendly to me. You don't like me. You're not, you don't welcome me well. You're, you're, you don't listen to me. That's the sinful nature. But the spiritual nature is, I love you. Love the same people that through the sinful nature I would hate. Matter of fact, without the Holy Spirit in me, we ain't friends. I'm telling you, old Lee didn't have many friends before Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit has done. Love grows. 
you need to be able to look back in your life and see the deposit of the Holy Spirit. You can see that you love more this time, this year, than you loved last year. You're growing in love. Not just love, but joy. Man, I struggle with joy from time to time, but there's more joy than there used to be. Peace. Sure, good to go to bed at night and you don't have to worry about what you did. It's good to go to bed at night and not wonder where you were. It's good to go to bed at night and not be just in turmoil over work of the flesh, isn't it? Isn't it good to go to bed at night and just have, to me, I always think, having a true wealth and, and true life success is a nice bed with a fan. <laughs> I mean, I just go put on that fan and go, ah, you can't have any better than this. Something about that fan blowing on me that makes me think that I'm the richest man in the world. Just me, maybe. But it's peace. Patience. Yeah, I struggle with patience, but not like I used to. I'm becoming more patient. Got a long way to go. You know, I may, I may be driving from Los Angeles to Dallas on I-10. I may be at Needles, Arizona. But there's more patience than there was. Kindness. Kindness is brewing in you. Goodness is brewing in you. Faithfulness is brewing in you. Gentleness is growing in you. More self-control. Against these things, there's no law. So the Holy Spirit is in you. And you are aware of it and you're experiencing it. So where are you today? Where are you? Is there an understanding of the deposit of the Holy Spirit in you? Can you, can you get carried away sometimes with Jesus? Can you just read His Word and just get so overwhelmed with what Christ has done for you that you just get all giddy inside? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Can you just celebrate when you have no reason to? Can you just rejoice even in the midst of this crazy COVID political turmoil that we've got today? You can just rejoice because God is God and Jesus is the Lord of all and the Holy Spirit is in you. Just get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, 11 says, Awareness of the Holy Spirit's work and experiencing the Holy Spirit's work. Lord, may your will be done in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.